when we read through uh, this psalm, we see a very sharp contrast um, between two pictures, uh, two, as I can also say, opposing worlds. Uh, on the one hand, we read about life, joy, and a life that's meaningful. On the other hand, about death, hopelessness, and a life that's meaningless. The one picture is about the life of the righteous. It's full of joy and full of blessedness. The first words of the psalm is this, blessed is the one. Good News Bible says, happy are those. And the New Living Translation says, oh, the joys of those. This life of the righteous has stability and there's a real sense of being rooted. There's stability and they prosper. We read in verse 3, they are like trees that grow or is, are planted beside a stream that bear fruit at the right time and whose leaves do not dry up. They succeed in everything they do. This life of the, of the righteous is a protected life, we see. The Lord watches over them. The righteous are guided and protected by the Lord. For the Lord, verse 6 says, watches over the way of the righteous. On the other side, we see the life of the wicked, the life of sinners and mockers. There's no stability there. They like chaff in the wind. It means nothing. According to the psalm, when the Lord judges over them, they will be excluded from the presence of God but also from the presence of fellow believers. They are like straw, we read, that the wind blows away. The wicked, it says, will not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the assembly of the righteous. And the psalm summarizes everything in verse 6 when it says, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. The way of the wicked will perish. The evil are on their way to their doom, it says. So what's the big difference between the two groups of people that we read of in this psalm? I read a, a quote of of G.K. Chesterton uh, many years ago, and, and it, in, in some sense it summarizes this big difference between the two people. And, and this is the, the quote. 
Angels can fly because they take themselves lightly. Satan fell by the force of gravity. Angels can fly because they take themselves lightly. Psalm 1 says that the righteous are people who are taking themselves lightly. We read that their delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of God. They take themselves lightly because only one thing matters, and that is something outside of them. The word of God, the Torah, as the Jews would say, the revelation of God's will, God's word, God's instruction. It weighs heavily for them, not themselves. They think about it always. Last Sunday, I referred to Psalm 119, and in Psalm 119, it, it's the same theme. Your decrees are the theme of my song. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I delight in your decrees. Your statutes are my delight. I delight in your law. Your commands give me delight. People who take themselves lightly take the word of God heavily. It weighs heavy for them. They, the psalm says, meditate on his law day and night. Another translation says, they study it day and night. There's something I want to mention this morning about our young people in this congregation. I've, I've had uh, 31 years of ministry and I have never seen a group of young people more committed to study God's word than I've seen in this congregation. It's unbelievable. They want to know more. They want to study God's word. And we have to thank God for that. Psalm 1 says, we are like a sponge soaked with water. The righteous people are filled with God's word. They drink it. They sleep it. They eat it. They live in God's word. The word of God gives meaning and purpose to their lives. It's the source of their energy, their growth, their stability, the fruitfulness in their lives. You see, the righteous are like the angels. They take themselves lightly because God's word weighs heavily to them. Some years ago, a strange phenomenon was in the center of a city. People saw it in the center of a city, and people stopped when they saw it. It was a grapevine that grew in a very strange place between buildings in soil that uh, there was just no proper ground. It was like stone. 
the grapevine was healthy and it had beautiful leaves and huge bunches of grapes. But there was a notice at this grapevine to explain what happened to it. It said that the roots of this specific vine found its way all the way down to a river. There it was, a piece of paradise in the center of a city. This story helps us to understand the life of the righteous. We are totally dependent. We are rooted. We do not take credit for any growth in our lives. It is the result of the word of God working in our lives by his Holy Spirit. And we take ourselves lightly. We totally depend on someone else, something else outside ourselves. Jesus says in, in John chapter 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And Paul says a little bit later in Colossians, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him. This is the only way for us as Christian people. So what is the difference? We are totally dependent upon God. Like Psalm 73 says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. I desire your word. I desire to hear your voice. I desire to study God's word. Angels can fly because they take themselves lightly. But look at the lives of the sinners, the mockers, and the wicked. Satan, Jetherson said, fell by the force of gravity. They don't take themselves lightly. Neither do they take their friends lightly. On the contrary, they take themselves very, very seriously. They walk in the counsel of the wicked. They stand in the way of sinners. They sit in the company of mockers. Their whole lifestyle is embedded in this company that they keep. The company of people who are very far from God. People who do not care about God. People who have no use for God. Their own ideas, the advice that they get, the wisdom of others, those things are important. It's people who in the very depth of their existence 
do not live in a relationship with God, but with other things. They themselves, they take themselves very, very serious. There's a, a divine irony in this psalm. Those who take themselves lightly, they are like trees planted near water. And they that, 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 that take themselves not lightly, but who are important to themselves, they are like chaff. They're not rooted. Part of the crop, but it's disposed by the farmer. They are essentially lightweights. People without real substance. People who have no future. When God judges, they will be found lighter than nothing. And their lives will fall apart for one specific reason and one only. They were autonomous, independent, self-made people. You see, our lives become meaningless like chaff when we have no roots in God's word. When the opinions and advice and wisdom of human beings become more important than the word of God. And this is the way to certain destruction in the face of God. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. C.S. Lewis wrote this, these words, there are only two kinds of people in the end. Those who say to God, thy will be done. And those to whom God says in the end, thy will be done. All that are in hell, choose it. Without that self-choice, there could be no help. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. The way of the wicked will perish. We all know that Psalm 1 is just the beginning of another 150 or 149 psalms. There are 150 psalms in the Bible. And it's like the entrance to the book of the psalms. It's like a notice so that we should understand that as we go into life, we should know this. The blessed people of Psalm 1 will suffer illness, depression, sadness, but their roots are deep. It is so deep that the storms of life cannot pull it out. Sometimes we are on the high roof of Psalm 100 
all people that on earth do dwell. Sometimes we are on the difficult stairs of Psalm 13 and Psalm 88. Where are you, God? Sometimes we are in the dark room of Psalm 51 and Psalm 130. So aware of our sinfulness. But the key, the key to happiness, the key to life is being rooted in God's word. Even when we are in darkness and pain, in hopelessness and fear. I don't know where you are today, in which room you are. Maybe you're on the, in, the, in the room of praise and thanksgiving. Maybe you're in one of those dark rooms that I've mentioned today. How many sermons have you heard in your life? How many hymns based on God's word have you sung? Did it bring any change? Have you searched through that for the presence of God? Maybe the sense of emptiness and sadness is there because we are not properly rooted. Or maybe you feel that you've lost touch with God. Those things that you've learned when you were a child. You never really followed up on it and you, you felt that, that it's too late. Maybe you feel that you're like chaff. Your life is like that. But you know, the, right, the, the, the unrighteous, the wicked, the wicked, the fools spoken of in Psalm 1 are exactly the people that Christ came to die for. For Christ died for sins, Peter says, once for all. The righteous for the unrighteous. For us who walked away from God, this is what Christ came to rectify, to, to bring us back to God. In Christ, the mockers and the sinners and the wicked become righteous people because Christ exchanged places with us. And Paul says that God justifies the ungodly, the sinners, the enemy. And because this is true, and when we come to a point where we accept that wonderful gift of, of Christ's righteousness, of which we sung in the beginning of the service, things change in our lives. Soren Kierkegaard, the Danish uh, philosopher and theologian, uh, he, he describes it as follows. He says, we're like an Arab sitting in the desert in our tent. The sun is very, very hot outside and the wheat the heat waves can be seen all over the place. Your lips are cracked. Your tongue is sticking to your palate. The last water is finished. 
the end is near. Then something wonderful happens. While you're sitting in your tent, you can feel how the sand underneath you become moist and the water comes out. What you didn't realize is that you pitched your tent on a fountain. What we do not realize in our lives many times is that we are beggars sitting on a beach of gold, to use the words of Mike and the mechanic. Beggars sitting on a, on a beach of gold. John says, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is what is true of our lives. All of us that, that put our faith in Jesus Christ, the oasis opened up underneath us. We are planted into Christ, the source of living water. What's that result of being planted in Christ? Fruit. There will be fruit in our lives. The word of God brings fruit in our lives. Without the word of God, there is no fruit. When we are planted into Christ, when the streams of living water of the Holy Spirit flows through us, Bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. This is what Galatians chapter 5 talks about. So where are you today? What are you in your life? What do you want to be? Are you rooted in Christ? Bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Or are you like chaff, blowing in the wind, with no roots, not knowing what tomorrow will bring, or what the end of your life will bring? Uh, in the Talmud, there's a story about a man who wanted to adopt the, the Jewish faith. He went to Rabbi Shammai and said he would like to become a Jew, but only on one condition. He would like Rabbi Shammai to teach him the whole Torah, the whole law of God, while standing on one leg. Rabbi Shammai chased him away. He then went to Rabbi Hillel, and he said, I want to, to adopt the, the Jewish faith, but only on one condition, I want to learn the whole Torah, standing on one leg. And Rabbi Hillel said, well, then stand on your one leg. And then he began to teach him the Torah, but only in one sentence. Do unto others 
as you would like them to do to you. This is the whole Torah. All else is commentary. See, being planted and rooted in Christ means that we will love one another because in our lives, the fruit of the Holy Spirit becomes real. That fruit of patience and kindness and love that we've never had before. May God give us that grace to live his whole Torah because we're planted in Christ. Let's bow our heads together. Father, we thank you that you have brought us from another world into the world of light. We thank you for your word, for the Torah, for the will of God that you have revealed to us. We thank you, Lord, that in spite of the fact that we have broken every law in the book, that you have come, O Christ, and declared that we are free through you and through your righteousness. And we pray now that by your Holy Spirit, you will bring forth the fruit of trees planted near the river, planted in Christ, the source of living water. Come, Spirit of God, fill us again. In Jesus' name, amen.